0: And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk Episode number 43, recorded May 27th, 2011 Episode title is Chain of Fools Or maybe Chain of Tools I don't know, we'll see It's a happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody Let's do some Splunk Talk on this long weekend for you cutting grass check this out dude what how's it going who's come, who's on the line with us now who's there what <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that from, dude? I made that for you. No way, that's great. <laughs> you know what? It would be awesome if you made one for me. Like, well, maybe I did. I
1: I did actually sent you one in an inbox. You okay. Check your inbox. Is it this? Just click on it.
0: Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> it's awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to upgrade the production quality of our ghetto podcast. So, actually, the production quality is quite good because we do have decent microphones. And we have a real musician, and that guy is uh, Maverick. So,
1: well, I appreciate that. And we have a real DJ-sounding voicing kind of guy, which is the Splunk Ninja, Michael Wild. Where are you located,
0: man? I'm located in in Austin, Texas, and uh, it's very hot today. It's very <laughs> oh, really hot. Ho- how hot? How hot? It's so hot. Insert punchline, <laughs> and then do this. <laughs> hey, did you survive? So, what were your question where were you one evening earlier this week
1: maverick i was in my bathtub uh, with my laptop OMG. and i had a and i had a, a a couch cushion over the top of me because it was a tornado actually going right by right by the right by the, the town um thanks for asking yeah um that was one place you did not want to be not, not in the bathtub. That's where you wanted to be because
0: it was like the safest place in the middle of the house. But it was pretty scary. You know, dude, I'll tell you one thing. Tornadoes are going to figure this out, okay? They're going to figure out people are in bathtubs and they're going to start targeting bathtubs and not... Trailer parks. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm kind of afraid of. So, actually, my wife and I are scoping out getting a roll cage. What they call a roll cage, which is like a safe house you can put in your garage, and they bolt it down, and you can get in and strap yourself in. And if the tornado wipes out your house, and then you just it just pushes you around, and you roll around it, and you, and nothing will crush you. You'll totally
0: survive. You it's know what? A tornado
1: roll cage. I think it's a totally cool idea. Wait, I does that exist?
0: Yeah I, yeah. I want to get one. Okay, so
1: scope.
0: I, along with a number of other parents in America, got suckered into buying this ball this ba- this uh inflatable ball from uh costco okay and this inflatable ball if you think about it it's like peter gabriel sort of had one of these where yeah. the ball is around him and you can walk in it you know it's like inflated yeah, yeah. and it floats on air and uh we have ours basically sitting on the trampoline because then it won't blow away but i was thinking like how fun it would be to be just just get inside that thing during a tornado but Maybe it wouldn't
1: you, get, be. you might get crushed by a house or a car. Or That's right. So That's you problem. might want to think about that when you're doing your roll so cage. You want, the, you want the roll cage because you won't get crushed. You know what?
0: I think it'd be kind of awesomely funny as if you were in a roll cage and uh, you were crushed by a bathtub. That would that would <laughs> suck. Okay. All right, dude. All right, no, that was worth it. All right, let's do this. What? All right, let's do some Q and A. Maverick. All right. Yes. I'll bet you have a question.
1: For me, I do. Okay. You, you ready I'll try you to ready answer for this for you.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. This question is, I would like to search across both my Windows security events and my firewall events for all activity associated with a specific user. The firewall events do not contain the username field, but they do contain source IPs that are also found in the Windows security events. In fact, in some cases, there's more than one source IP in there for each user. Is this possible? If so, what are my options?
0: You know what? This sounds exactly like the question that I called you up and asked you yesterday. <laughs> well, which, similar, which it actually—it's yeah. actually the question. So, um, <laughs> I am the Splunk Ninja, but I don't know everything. <laughs> like <laughs> Gerald Kanapathi actually knows everything, um, but he's uh he was unavailable for comment. So, um, and I actually had this question come up this week uh, when I was helping a customer, and I, and I got—I was trying to make the problem harder. I was trying to solve it a lot harder than it really needed to be solved. So, you know, I initially was doing a sub search, looking in the Windows event logs to find every IP from a certain person and then firing that out to another search through the, through the good old firewall logs. But um, Maverick's like, you idiot, just use transaction, okay? So here's what you need to do. Um, we need to have common fields. Okay, so the user ID, the username is going to that's going to be in the in the Windows event log and it's probably going to be called account underscore name, which is fine. And matter of fact, you might want to put a form together where a user enters in and we're talking about form fields a a couple weeks ago where a user enters in just the username, you know, search, you just type in Maverick and then you get your results back. But you're going to need the source IP address. Okay, so in the Windows event log, the field is called source underscore network underscore address. And in those firewall logs, it might be called source underscore IP. So what you could do is you could use field aliasing to alias that field. But you really want to have the same field name because a source IP is a source IP. So what I should be able to do is, let's say, search on the Windows security event log or the firewall log. So put that thing in parens, source equals win event log security or firewall logs.
1: Get and then, both of them. Yeah,
0: just get both of them because you want all those results to be returned back to the search uh, search uh, language, and then pipe that to transaction, uh, and then put a space, and then each field that you want to co- kind of uh, combine. So let's say username comma source IP. And what it'll actually do is it'll take first it'll go through the Windows event log grab all the events that have the same username and then within those it's going to look for every source IP then it's going to take every source IP look for them within the firewall log and combine all the firewall events and all the Windows security events for you let's say username equals Maverick and now we can see everything that you have been doing was that did I get that right. Yeah, it's a. Tra- yeah, it's a. Uh, I
1: have a blog from a way long time ago that I talked about this. It's a transitive transactional search, right? Because if you have more than one of those source IPs, you want to make sure you get each one of those. Now, if you were doing this on uh, another type of source, let's say mail logs, same same trick, same way to do it, right? Mail logs have different MIBs and ICIDs, different things that one thing changes to another, and it all kind of transitively chains together, and you have to do it by hand if you're scanning it manually with Splunk. You just use this transaction. You put the two fields, like just like what you talked about uh here
0: and it'll totally do it on your mail logs too
1: or whatever two or three logs that you have
0: that's pretty sweet and it was a good reminder because i usually only use transaction for like one field but that really helped now you were trying to but
1: you said you were at the beginning you were saying you want to do it with a sub search and, and and you said that I called you an idiot that was not that's No, not what he not did, he didn't actually call me an it. idiot right <laughs> i didn't say that i would never say that you know to your face but the uh but the other but you were talking about a sub search tell tell mind you okay so here's the other approach because approach, okay. it does work okay. kind of work
0: here's the other approach know. okay so the other approach was um now when you use a sub search a sub search is going to return uh You know, if you think about it, I I do a sub search looking through the Windows security event log where the username is Maverick. And then I uh, pipe it to fields. Matter of fact, I might pipe it to dedupe on source network address, pipe it to fields. So what the output of that sub search is basically going to be source IP equals first one source IP equals second one. So that's going to be the results. Then I'm going to take that and send that, in a way, to an outer search, which looks for through the firewall logs through source IP equals Maverick, right? In that case, it would actually only return the firewall log, the firewall events that were associated with Maverick. Now, if I wanted Maverick's actual Windows security event logs, I would pipe that to append and take that original subsearch and put it at the end and get rid of the fields thing, and it will return the actual raw events. There's a, probably a decent use case for that, but uh, transaction was a simpler way to go about it.
1: Yeah, but it still would work, and that's, a, that's what it I thought work. was really cool. Yeah. You got a couple options with Splunk, like always, right? There are.
0: Okay, I speak a couple options, a couple questions. First, Maverick, okay. I would like to transitively connect. There's that word again, transitively. I would right. like to transitively connect two Splunk lookups together by using the return value from the first lookup as the input value into the second lookup. Ah, before I embark on such a setup, is that even going to work? <laughs> uh yes,
1: it, actually it will work. Um if you have um so so let me make sure I got this right. So you got the uh you got two lookups and I'm assuming they're probably CSV files um and you want to Uh, search on some events and you want some value from a field in the first in the events that come back to go and be the input uh field into the first lookup you get back a second i get back a output uh from that first lookup and you use that value as the input into the second one second all within
0: a single search all in a single single
1: search yeah that's yeah so so that's totally possible you sure you're not going to break
0: the space-time fabric
1: you probably no you actually it won't the space-time okay. fabric is untouched actually okay. because it because since I think it's because it's and, and I can't ex- exactly explain technically why this works um, uh, but I believe and I suspect it's because that stuff's being done in memory before it gets returned to the to the result set before it's displayed so in other words Splunk's aware that there's these lookups to find so it goes through all of them and does those first and then it find it gives you the final results so you'll get back the fields from the first and the second lookup and if it, if it's going from the first it, results from the first one going into the second one. It's just a matter of it doing it in memory before it comes back to the display. That's what I think is going on. That's how it works. Now, now there is one thing you have to be aware of, though, that I've learned from trying this out myself and doing this in the past, um, chaining two or three of these things together like this. You want to put make sure they're listed in your uh, props.conf alphabetically. Because Splunk will go through the names of each of the lookups alphabetically. So if you want to go from the first to the second, you want to make sure you name the object name, the actual name of the lookup for the first one, with that is alphabetically comes before the second one, if that makes sense. Isn't
0: there an order though? Because, like in most props.conf entries, like let's say if you were going to do a transform, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you're doing null queuing, you can say set null, comma, set filter. Mm-hmm. And it'll run the first one first. Lookup probably does the same thing.
1: Well, well, right, but you have to, when you define the lookup though, you want to define separate there's separate lookup means to, to, to yeah. define the input-output uh, names for you Correct. Know, so you want to make sure that the name that you give it, like you know, lookup dash and then whatever name you give it, you want to make sure that this just one comes before the other and it's alphabetical as uh, well. Right, I, because
0: in props.conf um you have to do a separate one. Well you have form. to say um uh, in props. you pretty much have to give it the lookup you're actually going to run, right? Uh, yeah. So you, or do so you I'm reference the, same, the one? I, I'm you just re- looking you, re- re- you
1: reference you reference it. So the name you want to, you want the name of the reference, I believe, to be alphabetical. So so it'll get so it'll do it in the order you want. Otherwise, it'll it'll hit the last one, and that's the one that will be it'll really be your first one, and it'll never get to the second one. So you so yeah, just, you can play, you can play right. around with it. You'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean if you when you get it to work. If you do two or three in a row, it's, pre- it's pretty sweet. So, um, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I've helped people do this before, and I've kind of played around with it myself. It's pretty interesting um, how it just totally – I mean, that's pretty powerful if you think about it. Not just one lookup, but chaining them together like that's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I think I, think I, see, a, uh, I, think I see an opportunity for an, an enhancement request here because it would be nice to be able to control the order in which lookups run and not have them alphabetical. Yeah, like There's, maybe
1: have a separate stanza for the definition. Oh,
0: I figured out my what I learned this week. Oh, good. Good. This, I was thinking about this yesterday. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, okay. That's good to know. So, multiple lookups, uh, those are going to be automatic lookups that you have running, and they are going, they need to be in alphabetical order if you want both of them to happen at the same time and have one lookup's output be a field that is used to look up something in number two, right?
1: Right, and, and I probably would also say that I suspect I've never tested this and maybe someone listening might test this and can update us if this is true or not, maybe. Um, you If you have a one-to-many in, in the second lookup, you know, it's, I mean, if it's a one-to-many solution as far as the in, input going in, it may or may not work, I would suspect. I would think that it would, but I guess, um, you know, uh, because you have technically one value going in, but multiple values, so it probably only would get the things from the second lookup that were matching your input only. So they're so you know, I've only done it with one-to-one type relationships where you have two columns basically, and they're pretty unique. So, but I, I suspect it'll probably still work.
0: Sweet, Just, I mean, cool, sweet, sweet, sweet. There you go. Okay, um, reminder: well, user conference coming up. I just he's talked a to conference. Just talked a, a customer who's went last year, and it's interesting. He um he's a guy from Pearson. Pearson is education, right? Pearson mm-hmm. education systems. They make some cool stuff. Um he yeah, said I those guys, yeah. Yeah, they're way cool. He said, um, Jim said that uh and he, we were actually talking to another group at Pearson who's you know architecting their Splunk stuff. And he said, um, That of the, you know, the conferences he's gone to, he really liked Splunk's user conference because um, uh, everyone's sort of, because Splunk does a whole lot of different things, you know, like, well, Splunk is Splunk, but uh, the product can be used in so many different use cases um, that there's not just like one big track of stuff to to learn about. And so he liked that. and (laughs) Right. And uh, that was cool. And I said, hey, I'm going to have you on the show. And he said he listens to Splunk Talk on the weekend cutting grass, which is awesome. So I hope. I think most people do that. So I think, (laughs) Jim, I think you're running out of fuel right now. So you want to take a break. Make sure. And I want to ask you if you put on sunscreen. Because three weeks ago, (laughs) I was listening to not my own podcast or Mavericks podcast. I was listening to Mac Break Weekly and other musical groups that I like. And I, I just, I don't know, I was cutting my back area not my back area i was cutting the back part of my yard <laughs> yeah to make sure
1: we're. and i that. just
0: forgot to put sunscreen on and you know it's just like a little bit more a little bit more because i have a, a bunch of acres on here and it's and i was just cutting all this all this <laughs> weed stuff and i just kept like, i'm gonna do this and that and i'm gonna a little bit more a little bit more and turned out i got a pretty nasty sunburn oh so, I'm sorry, but dude. i did enjoy oh. listening to podcasts so um you know user conference is cool come to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're planning some interesting things. There's a couple of parties going on and there's a lot to learn about. And of course, uh, you know, it's, it's not like a bunch of hoity toity people, uh, you know, just showing you PowerPoints, It's usually a lot of nerdy fun stuff that you can learn, which heck, if you're going out, you should learn stuff. So That's coming up in August. Look at Splunk.com. It should be on the homepage or Splunk.com slash page slash events. I don't know why it's just not Splunk.com slash events. What's up with that? (laughs) That's just, that's a web thing. I don't know. Talk to the web group. That's what I say. Okay. So, all right. I'll play that later. Okay. So what did we learn this week? I got something. I'm gonna give you something. All right. All right. Let's hear. Let's hear. This it. is Which like is I this? shouted out earlier how I remembered it because, you know, the what did we learn this week segment often isn't planned out. If I ha- if we've had something during the week that's obvious, yeah. But Maverick and I sit here and we're like, what are we gonna? What did we learn this week? And Maverick had something, and I was like, mm, I don't know. But I was thinking about this the other day. Not while I was cutting grass. I was probably driving my kids to school. And um. Really? Yeah. Yeah. On the way back. And so I was helping out these guys at the Interop trade show, letting them use our Splunk servers and all that. And interestingly, all these router and switch companies, they just put out their host names in a whole bunch of different ways. My good yeah. friends at F5 basically put out three different host names in the beginning of their logs. Local slash big IP whatever slash big IP Ethernet. I mean, there's like three little slashes of the beginning of the syslog that have event have a, what could be considered the host name in. Wow, okay. It's just the way that it's it pushes it out. Okay, yeah. so in Splunk we do host extraction, host extraction from the events, and so I had to do some configuration and through props and transforms to tell Splunk which uh, which host name to pick out. Now, I'm doing this for a couple of hundred hosts, honestly. And if you think about it, all of these particular hosts are going to, let's say, um, a single directory. The file, I'm I, as, as I mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago, that I like to use syslog and I like to write out to files. And in right. my case, I write out every single host to its own file. Well, there's a new feature in props.conf called Priority, okay, and it is, um, it allows you to set the priority at which props.conf matches and processes data. Here's an example. Let's say I'm using wildcarding. So let's say it's source equals dot, 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 A, dot, 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 which means any source that has the letter A in it. And then I have another one that says source dot, 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 Z, dot, 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 okay? Well... It's going to match both of them. But what if I want one of them to be processed first? Okay? Maybe just to make well, sure well, that it matches it one to, of them.
1: It used to go over by it used to be done alphabetically per between the different ones, but you're talking about within the same possibly within so let's the same say, file. Yeah, but it doesn't matter.
0: No, it's not in the same file. Let's say I'm let's say two particular stanzas in props.conf could match this source. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. But well, I don't want to go first how do i and that wasn't even alphabetical. Alphabetical yeah. alphabetical in Splunk in the past was um the prior the uh prioritization of processing of config files on a per app basis. That's right. still done. There's still some alphabetical priority there. But now, so if you have A and this is in the docs, so I discovered this. If you have if you're tr- looking for a source that matches the letter A and then also source that matches the letter Z, If you give the one, let's say you want to make sure that Z is processed first, okay, or at least as a higher priority, you give it a higher numeric priority. So let's say priority equals 99 versus priority equals 1. And when I tried this out without reading the documentation, I assumed that priority 1 is higher. Oh, I see. It's actually lower lower. because the number Uh. is
1: technically lower. Okay. Is there a cap on how high? You just make sure it's higher than the other Oh, uh,
0: there, there is some um, uh, 99, I think, is the highest priority, I think, that you can set. Yeah. It, there's, some, um, there's a little bit more info in the documentation. So wh- what I basically had is I had anything that matched the source interop, which means any file in that directory uh, would match and it would take the following host configuration and i made that priority 1 so yeah. if none of the other ones match and then i had another one with source equals anything that has the word f5 in the source cuz the f5 had their i put their logs in a, in a in a in a file, a file name called or it was big ip so every big ip had its own uh. had its own name so i wanted to make sure the ones that were big ip got processed before they, uh, the the uh, the other ones got processed. Doesn't mean they're going to get processed twice because once it's processed, it's off and gone. Okay, that's pretty cool actually. So priority is something you want to check out. It lets you control how props. sort of little mini rules engine works in a single app. So um, some cool. of these things are better demoed than seen, but we try to talk. Heck, if we can't explain them, I don't know how anyone's supposed to understand them. But you know. Um I've still failed on my New Year's resolution to get video going, but I'm working on that. So <laughs> Well, me and so have I. I failed yeah.
1: on getting the Facebook. I don't I think we have two fans or something. But,
0: well, uh, I gotta get we gotta get on that. We also we gotta we gotta get a better so website for Splunk Talk so there's a real place where you can listen. We're trying to figure that out. And we also gotta get the Facebook stuff taken care of as well. And I don't know. One evening. It's still, hey, we're
1: not we're not even halfway through the year, so we got time. We can we can still do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, we're we're
0: not halfway through the year, but when this episode comes out, it actually will be halfway through the
1: year. Probably. Okay, that's might be true. All right. um, let me talk about what, uh, what I discovered or what I kind of didn't know about, it and I thought was really cool. Um, dealing with uh, some working with some customers this week. On um, it seemed like this week was DR week. Everyone was wanting to talk to me. Oh kind of, yeah, about disaster recovery type. Not
0: Doctor, but that no, no, no. Dr. Recovery.
1: Like disaster recovery, like you know. Hey, we want to have solutions. Well, normally, you know, you you want to you want to buy time from our PSGOT group to have them come and design it properly. But usually, early on, customers or want to talk about it, at least to try to understand it. So then, then, then that's what we do, right? So, um, so I was talking to them, I was trying to understand how you know what they're wanting to do. And I, as a as a result of researching for a couple of these two or three customers that wanted to do different things in different ways. Uh, I noticed that they, we have a few more parameters in the indexes.com that was kind of cool that I ended up need think I kind of proposed in my, some of my designs to them
0: do tell um, do tell
1: so one so one is called uh, enable real time search is which is set to true. You can actually turn off a real-time search on an index if you don't want. If you don't you suspect that it will be used. If you like, if you partition something to an index that's not going to be a real used for real-time searching, like because of the type of data you're putting in there. I you can if just summary, turn,
0: I wonder if you do just, that on a summary index, maybe.
1: I think it's. I think you probably could, but yeah. um, that would be a good example. Summary index is definitely not real-time. You can turn it off and save on processing, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then also, uh, do you, you ever heard of rotate period in sex? Have you heard of that one? Rotate period in what? In sex, SECS. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> like seconds, <laughs> but they shortened it. I don't know who did this, but the engineers, some, someone's, someone's uh, to blame for this, but they we're put gonna it have S-E-C-S. An epi- in. We're going to have an
0: episode title <laughs> that's I'm Too Sexy. <laughs> S-E-C-S. Exactly. S-E-C-S. We'll
1: just talk about all S-E-C-S. the parameters that with SECS because that's the shorthand version that they do. Frozen time
0: period in sex.
1: Huh. Hot. There's a hot bucket se- in sex. I think there's one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny for the hot data. It's just you just don't oh. want to combine those two words verbally together. Yeah. But anyway, uh. <laughs> rotate period in sex. That's actually. Do um, you know what? Okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's the. It's the uh, how often that that the um, cold to frozen script checks. I'm sorry cold to frozen period in seconds, like that tells you how long you're supposed to keep the data in cold data. The rotate period in seconds is the is the span of time, like the interval that it checks. You, uh, you know, I always control, wondered it, how it figured that, that out. Well, it's always been automatic, I think. I don't think you could decide that. Nothing now you can automatic. actually say, I want, every, I want it, well, I'm just saying it was set hard-coded somewhere. Now it's actually... It was probably not a documented parameter before, and it probably was always, the engineers probably knew it was there. But now they've exposed it, I guess, and we support it. where well, you can set it to 60 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever time period you want it to check. Some people, I guess, need to do it like once a day, and they want to check every 12 hours, 24 hours, and during their window at night or something probably. But you can't pick a time. You can just pick the interval. So I thought that was kind of cool um, as far as the frozen period stuff uh, and how that works. That's and then cool. the other that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, and then the last one, or the last one I, about the cold to frozen stuff is there's a cold to frozen directory now called cold to frozen dir. Mm. So it, that's where if you just want automatically want to archive it off, you don't want to run a script to do something. You just want to run it. Splunk will automatically just copy it to that directory, and then when you thaw it back out, you can run that enable, or what is it, build, build. and Rebuild bucket the, rebu- rebuild rebuild Rebuild, yeah, bucket dir, yeah. You, put, you rebuild it. From that dir, so that that uh, cold or frozen dir is is something new that I hadn't seen, but I thought that was cool because most of the time that's all you want to do anyway. So just specify that. It's by default it's blank and it assumes it's a cold or frozen script that's going to run. To basically do the same thing, and that way you want to control it. And then the last thing I thought was really cool is we have a way of creating stanzas and in indexes for each of your volume pads, like your volumes. So you say you define your volumes and then you you reference them in your other other index stanzas where you need to. Specify specify like a home path or cold, frozen or a cold path or what a thaw path. And assuming that those volumes will be like on your sand or something and, it, and you want to change them in one place where the, def, it'll change for all of them. So I thought that was a nice abstraction that they put in so you could, um, so you could specify the volume and then reference the volume and then specific directories from the volume for your different pads. So I thought that was really convenient and kinda of neat.
0: Dude, this is hilarious. So while you're look while Maverick is looking at this, I'm or talking about this, I'm looking in the documentation for indexes.com so I can, you know, kind of follow along. As you probably <laughs> are, Jim, uh you probably are uh looking at this on your droid or whatever. At the exact same time, <laughs> right? While you're lawn mowing. So put one, put both hands back on the lawnmower, please. Um so cold, What did you find? In it's, here? A, oh, this is awesome. There is a <laughs> there is a there is a friggin' configuration entry called compress raw data equals true or false. And I went, wow, you can have Splunk not compress it. And it says, this parameter is ignored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Splunk D process always compresses raw data. I'm like <laughs> that's one of those. That's one of those psych parameters, it's right? Totally psych. a psych parameter. I mean, psych I wonder if parameter. they put that there just so that people would understand that it's not possible. It, probably it's a way because they won't read the docs if they're in
1: there. They're probably it's not like read the doc.
0: shoot self in head equals true slash false. Uh, gun is always empty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
1: you know a psych parameter. It's psychs, Yeah, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> All anyway, right. Anyway, that's that's what I learned this week. So. All
0: right, thanks for listening to Splunk Talk here. We appreciate your uh, listenership. We like it when you send us questions to Splunk Talk at uh, isn't it Splunk.com? Isn't that where it's we work? Splunk talk at Splunk.com. Oh, that's oh, that's awesome. Uh, All right. All right, Splunk keyboard talk. Mav, play us out. What do you say? I, I say happy splunking. happy splunking. Happy Splunking, everybody, and happy grass cutting. Because smoke is about